0: powerful as well Uh, if you didn't get to this morning's um session with Andrew so the morning service uh Andrew Billings came prophesied over the church and um Todd and Rachel as well please get online get on the Facebook page or go to the Vimeo um and on our website and download that so that you can have a listen to what um Megan's just brought about the muscles Um, Yeah, quite profound what, you know, what is coming out of this house. Things that we know, but it it just, you know, to hear it from someone else and for him to prophesy some of the things that he did this morning, you don't want to miss that. So please um, check that out online. Um, And I am just going to do a couple of announcements and then we'll bring our guest speaker up. Uh, So if the team want to jump up, we'll just quickly do the offering. Uh, If you need a credit card slip, just pop your hand up. We also have the opportunity if you want to you can give online as well so if the team while the team's doing that just a couple of announcements uh so youth uh is on this saturday so that's the last one for this term uh so if you've got any young people 12 to 18 please um let them know that um that's on this saturday uh kate heads that up the next one is kids kids church is moving crèche on the move Uh, So we have historically been running Kids Church and Crash in the afternoons, um, but we are moving now to the mornings. So it will no longer run. um, So this next week will be the last week of Kids Church and then in Term 4, they will kick off in the mornings. So just to let all the parents know in here that that's going to shift the first week of term. But we will send out an email with the exact details as well. And last one... um, Church and state. This conference is going to be pretty phenomenal, actually. Uh, you've got just the Jacinta Price, Alexander Todd Weatherly. We all know he's a good preacher. Um, but Topher Field, James McPherson, Michelle Pierce. She's now the um, ACL leader Sarah Game who's in MLC here in the state like these are incredible speakers and um, that are engaging you know faith-filled um, believers that are also in- engaging things of the state um, we went last year and it was an incredible conference so if you can get along to that we encourage you to do so and without further ado I am going to uh, bring up our guest speaker Megan
1: Thanks, Val. Ah, How amazing. Today has just been so amazing. Actually, this whole week has been amazing. Who thinks this week has been amazing? Oh, just lost something. Here we go. Who does handwritten notes anymore? (laughs) Yes. I love handwriting. I love handwriting. Wow. Holy Spirit, I just thank you, God, for everything you've already done. And I just thank you, Lord, that you are here there is such a sweet presence. There's such a sweet presence in here, God. And I just thank you, Lord, that your word will go forth today and will deliver many people, set many free people free. God, I thank you, Lord, for just landing on everything. God, everything I say, Lord, I just surrender to you. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Um, Michael, actually, can you just put the um, pads on or um, Marissa... Um, so guys, today the Lord has given me a word and, and I'm going to administrate it, but I'm also, there's going to be some ministry um, in amongst that. So yeah, just softly and that, that's really good. So basically what the Lord has um, given me for today, off the back of this morning, off the back of last week, off the back of this week. So who was here last week when we crossed, crossed over through Rosh Hashanah? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so we literally entered a new year. Who can feel that? Yeah. I mean, my life has literally been radically changed in the last week. Anyone else? Yeah. So, what the Lord um, wanted me to talk about today is not just crossing over, but actually possessing our promised land. Yeah. So, there's one thing to cross over, and it's a new year, and everything's great. And then, and then, oh, I didn't. Well, how am I going to take hold of that? Disappointment sets in. And the Lord says, I want you to give a word about possessing your promised land, possessing your promised land. And, and who knows from, when we look at the story of Joshua, we're going to start at Joshua because who knows what God said to Joshua. Joshua 1, 7, He said, you know, go, you're going to possess every land that your foot treads on. But there were conditions. God just didn't give it the promised land to him. God just didn't give it. They actually had conditions which were obey the word of the Lord. Keep all the commandments. Write them on your forehead you know, listen to the Word of God. So, so the Lord says, you know, we cross over, but there are conditions to the crossing over and the full possession of our land. And I loved what Andrew said this morning, and I actually wrote it down. I want to start with this. And he said, we can't have faith until we take hold of the promise, but the promise is Him. Right, so I actually want to frame up my whole um, preach today, just knowing that the promise, when I talk about the promised land or the promises and things manifesting in our life, we're actually talking about the promise, sir. We're talking about Him. He is the promised land. And Todd has been talking about covenant. And so I'm talking about covenant and marriage covenant as well, because we're talking about possessing the full marriage covenant, everything that God has for us. And that was actually the promised land. The promised land was intimacy with God. It was fruitfulness. It was everything manifesting for us, but it was Him. So the Lord says, from crossing over to possessing your land, there are requirements. Everyone say requirements. And the requirement that the Lord put on my heart this week was mixture. Getting rid of mixture in order to possess our promised land. And I want to start, Marissa, if you can put up Deuteronomy 22 9. This is actually twenty-two nine to eleven nine one one, and the Lord's like this is nine one one. So, like some of the things I'm going to share, that they're, they're pretty strong. Can everyone, can everyone handle that? I'm sure everyone can. We're in this house, but um, I really want to share the consequences of not getting rid of mixture and what the Lord is inviting us into through purity. So let's just start here. So Deuteronomy twenty-two nine. These are talking about three kind of mixtures. The law had just been given. So the Ten Commandments had just been given. And then all these other laws um, were given. And this section of Deuteronomy, my dad would be proud. He's a Deuteronomy lecturer, um, actually is linked to the Seventh Commandment. Does anyone know what the Seventh Commandment is? Do not commit adultery. And this section of the law was linked to do not commit adultery. And I'm gonna speak a little bit more about this. But first of all, let's just read this. So you guys can read with me if you want, or you can listen to my voice, whatever you wanna do. So uh, verse nine, you shall not sow your vineyard with different kinds of seed, lest the yield of the seed which you have sown and the fruit of your vineyard be defiled. You shall not plow with an ox and a donkey together and you shall not wear a garment of different sorts such as wool and linen mixed together. I want us to go back to verse 9 if we can just go back to verse 9. You shall not sow your vineyard with different kind of seed. Now the vineyard, Israel was called the vineyard. And we know in Song of Songs, and the Lord refers to our heart as a vineyard. We are a vineyard. We are a vineyard of love with the Lord. When we're talking about the marriage, we shall not sow our vineyard with different kinds of seed. And the Lord just spoke so deeply. He's going to minister to a lot of people on this today. We cannot sow different seeds in our heart If we are going to be married to the Lord and in covenant with Him. And and, and do you know what it says? It says, different seed, less the yield of the seed which you have sown. So that means you can produce fruit with different kinds of seed, right? So you actually can have a bit of this and a bit of that, and you can actually produce fruit, but it says, Lest the fruit be defiled. In the other version it says banned for use. Do you know that God bans the fruit, the yield of the seed that is not actually birthed through him? This is this is a really big deal. We can have mixture. So what used to happen in the ancient times was there would be a vineyard, and if anyone came along and you know sowed different crops, it would it would really be disaster because it would be very hard to pull out the, you know, we, we hear the parable of the wheat and tares. And the Lord says, "I want you to keep your vineyard for me only." Somebody say, "Amen." So, um, next, the next verse about the ox and the donkey. Okay, this is this is really good. All right, because you shall not plow an ox and a donkey together. Now. I don't know if you guys could feel, and Todd was saying, you can feel the lion of the tribe of Judah in our worship. You can feel it in the last week. And I also have felt the ox anointing. Has anyone else felt this ox anointing? There is might, spirit of might, spirit of power. And the Lord spoke to me about the ox this week. And He said, we are in a harvest season, an ox season, and oxes cannot be tethered to donkeys. Okay, I want you to hear me by the Spirit of the Lord. This is, this is like a really big deal. We cannot be tethered to donkeys, either in persons, relationship, you know, whatever we're doing, assignments. Oxes need to be with oxes. There, there's a place for donkeys, okay? I love donkeys, all right? There's a place for donkeys. Donkeys were carrying goods and people, but oxes were bringing in the harvest, And the Lord says in an ox anointing season, you cannot be tethered to an animal that will actually slow you down, stop you from moving forward. And we need the oxes to plough. And the next verse, you shall not wear a garment. Of different sorts, such as wool and linen mixed together. Now, in the ancient times, there was like a magical saying where if you put a bit of this, a bit of that, sew a bit of this, different garments, there's like a magical formula and things will work out according to the gods. And the Lord says, you shall have no other gods but me you shall, that's the first commandment you shall make no idols you shall have no other gods before me and so different different linen and garments and that represents the state of our heart prophetically so we can't just have a bit of like joy and a bit of like grief a bit of faith a bit of unbelief a bit of this and a bit of that the lord says it's time to wear pure garments that are sanctified towards me if you're going to be in you're going to be in. If you're going to be married to me, you're going to be married to me. So we see that mixture is actually in the biblical sense, adultery. It's idolatry, but idolatry gives birth to adultery. Okay. And so the consequence of mixture was that not only they were defiled, but their fruit was defiled. Everything they produced was defiled. And they actually couldn't possess the promised land. So in, um, in actually, I don't know if I had that up there. Um, oh, where did I put it? Yeah, I, I don't know if I had that up there. But basically, um, you know, the condition of um, Hebrews four two, Marissa, could you just put that up? So Hebrews 4.2, we see that um, the people of Israel... Why couldn't they possess their promised land? That was because they had mixture. They had unbelief in their hearts. They were wearing different garments. It says, just as the Israelites of old did when the good news of deliverance from bondage came to them. So they actually got good news. They basically said, okay, guys, it's a new start, it's a new year. You're about to cross over. You've got the promise, you've got the good news. But it said it did not benefit them right? Because it wasn't mixed with faith. So I want to tell you a story now. And this is a personal story that actually happened to me very recently, i.e. this week. Um, And talking about specifically a new house and a new heart and the requirement to possess the promised land, which is getting rid of mixture. So two months ago, I moved house. This is going to speak to many, many people. The Lord was speaking to me about houses and and not just physical houses, spiritual houses in your heart, things you are doing. There are many people that are moving house or have moved house. I didn't want to move house. I was fine where I was. All right, I was fine. I was doing, doing okay. And I wanted to stay there another year. Had a good view, had a good place, you know, I was fine. And circumstances arose, and I maybe wasn't listening to the Lord, but the Lord said, You're gonna move house. And He said, You're gonna move on the 17th of the 7th. That was when my old contract was up. I did not make that up. The Lord said, You're gonna sign your new contract on the 17th of the 7th, and it is resurrection life it is a new house and a new beginning. Do you say yes? And I was like, no. (laughs) Okay. And then eventually I said yes. Okay. I was sort of forced to say yes. You know, God is so gracious. He's so gracious. And so God found me this amazing new house. And when I say new, it was brand new. No one had lived in it before. It had just been built like two weeks before I moved in. In a housing crisis, God found me this amazing place. Um, and I won't give my address, but there, the number 17 is in there. Okay. So I move into this new house, and the Lord said, There's one requirement when you move into your new house. See your balcony? And so balcony in the prophetic represents our prophetic vision, um, you know, a, a prophet's vision. And, and so the Lord said, All these plants on your balcony need to go and I was like oh I spent so much money on those (laughs) you know he said I want you to chop all of them down and I want you to get rid of all the soil from those pots every single bit of soil not one bit of soil can go with you to your new house because the soil represents the heart and it's not that the soil was bad at the old house necessarily but some of it had become defiled some of the soil of our heart can become defiled and it's no good to germinate what God is trying to do in us. And so I spent, I took that word very seriously and I spent three days and I chopped down all my plants and I was like bagging up the soil and level three down, you know, going up and down. Got rid of all my plants and I, and I moved house and I was cleaning out my cage. I have a storage cage and I just saw this one last trough of soil that I'd left there. And I was like, oh no, I can't be bothered. Like I can't be bothered throwing it out. I'm just going to take it to my new house and I'll deal with it then, right? The Word of the Lord. Get to my new house, unpack everything. And the Lord said, right, the first day, I want you to buy new soil and you're going to plant these bulbs. And when these bulbs come out, which is around springtime, which is around the first week of spring, that's when your promises are going to come to fruition. Like things are going to start manifesting for you. And I was so excited. I was like, okay, new soil, new heart, new attitude, new, new stuff. Like the Lord is cleansing my house. He's giving me a new house. I planted the bulbs. And then I, I was like, just looking at them every day, you know, just like, when are you going to come up? First week of spring, you know, started to come up and I'm crying and I'm so excited. And then the Lord's like, uh, what about that? trough of soil that you've just left in the corner and that one little straggly plant that you've you've brought with you and I was like oh sorry Lord and he said you know I wasn't kidding when I said you need to get rid of all the old soil defiled soil And so I went through this process and I was like, okay, Lord, I'm so sorry. Like, why is this such a big deal? He said, because the soil, I said, what is this soil? And he said, it's the soil of unbelief. And I said, I don't even think I have unbelief in me. And the Lord said, yeah, 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 you've got a remnant of unbelief in your heart. And you see, unbelief doesn't just start. It actually is like the baby of things like grief and disappointment and things that don't quite go according to plan and things that are harder than you think they are. And, and then you start to go into like hope deferred and then you go to disappointment and then you go to anger and then you actually give birth to unbelief. And there's a little bit of part in your heart that actually gives birth to unbelief. And unbelief is the soil from Hebrews 4.2 where the Israelites could not possess their promise. And so the Lord is literally saying in this house today, as we cross over into the new year, you cannot take any soil from your old season into your new house. You can't do it because it's mixture. And any soil that's been defiled, you need to ask the Lord, is there anything that I've taken into my new season? Is there anything that I still haven't dealt with? Because that's actually gonna stop the germination of the promises of God in our lives, amen? It only takes a remnant of unbelief or anger or unforgiveness or bitterness or grief to actually defile our whole vineyard, our whole garden. And so I did this process and it was actually on the 18th of September. So literally last week after we did the crossing over, I said, Lord, I'm ready to deal with it. I'm ready to get rid of it all. And I actually called my message today, take no prisoners, an undivided heart in the promised land. Because the scripture we'll look at after this describes how we cannot take anything that God has said not to take into our next season. And so I said to the Lord, okay, get rid of it. And I did this whole thing and I bagged up the soil and I was like, wow, I have unbelief. Unbelief, what is unbelief? It's that maybe you're not gonna come through or maybe you're not good or maybe I've gone through all of this and I don't even know why. And the Lord said, it's gotta go, it's gotta go. So I bagged it up and I just repented and I re-covenanted with the Lord and it was, it was amazing. And then I said, Lord, what's the exchange? And I went into an encounter and all of a sudden I saw this massive bunch of flowers. Um, Like they were so huge and someone was holding them and I looked up and it was my sister and she was holding them and she had passed away nearly two years ago and she was in a heavenly realm and she was holding me these flowers and giving them to me and she said, congratulations on your new house congratulations on your new house. And I was crying and laughing at the same time and she was jingling these keys and I said to the Lord, what are these keys? And He said, they're the keys to joy. Because once you get rid of unbelief, once you get rid of mixture, you open the door to joy. You open the door to never feeling that deep disappointment again. And so I was laughing and I was crying and I got these flowers and I was like, but Lord, why did she only come to me now? Why did she only come to me now and say congratulations on your new house? And listen to this, the Lord said this. He said, Megan, because you had moved, but you hadn't moved. You had moved, but you hadn't fully moved. You had crossed over into a new season, but you hadn't fully crossed over into a new season. And the spirit world knows when we do something physically and when we actually do something spiritually, when our heart is actually in agreement with it. And I felt the Lord actually wanted to minister today because I believe there are many people who have moved or who are moving, but haven't fully moved. You've crossed over, but you haven't fully crossed over. You've let go, but you haven't fully let go. You've forgiven, but you haven't fully forgiven. And according to the spirit world, you haven't actually done it because there's still a remnant of old soil from your old season that's actually stopping you from crossing over. And I can share this because I've actually gone through it. It's actually real and joy is on the other side. And so I felt the Lord saying, many people have not moved, just like Israel was not actually able to take possession of everything God had because there was still things that they were holding on to. There was still unbelief. Bitterness, anger, unbelief, unforgiveness. I want you to just start even now, just even start asking the Holy Spirit, Lord, is there any soil... Is there any soil from my old season? It could be last year. It could be two years ago. It could be 10 years ago. Some people are holding on to soil from 10 years ago. And it's actually causing you to forfeit your promises. Just start to ask Him. Holy Spirit, I thank You, God, that You are actually speaking to people today about any defiled soil, any tainted soil, God, that they've brought into their new season, they've brought into their new house, I really felt very strongly that there were some people here who have unforgiveness towards their mother or father. And in the commandments, it's really interesting. That's the only commandment with a condition and a promise. And it says, Honor your father and mother so that it will go well with you in the land. And I really felt the Spirit actually highlighting me very strongly that there are people here who actually need to let go, who need to forgive their mother or their father or both so that it will go well with you in the land. There was an accusation in the Spirit, what I saw, that was actually stopping you from possessing your promises. And it doesn't mean, you know, we, we understand this with forgiveness. It doesn't mean that you condone things that people do. But I felt there was such a strong push from the Lord about releasing forgiveness to people, particularly parents. And if that's you, just receive it now. Just receive it now and just let the Holy Spirit speak to you. And I feel like there is a person in here as well that um, around 12 years ago, uh, you, got, you, got, you got done in a business deal, like someone ripped you off. And there's still unforgiveness in your heart towards this person or this, this group of people. So if that's you, you don't have to raise your hand, just release it to the Lord. Because the Lord actually wants to release people today. The Lord actually wants to get rid of old soil. He actually wants to get rid of all the things that are actually stopping us from moving forward. Because disappointment, you know, we get disappointed if we don't move forward. God gets disappointed if we don't move forward. We are a house that is moving forward. We are a Joshua company that is moving forward and taking territory. And God wants to give us the keys today And in this season, to make sure we possess the land. We must possess the land. Because people are waiting on us to possess the land. It's not just about personal promises. And it's time to make war on the things that are destroying and defiling us and causing us to be barren. So if the Lord's ministering you, just keep in that place. I'm going to put up 1 Samuel 15. And I want to show you another story, an example of a man, Saul, who we know. And it's interesting that Andrew spoke about Saul and David this morning because I'm also speaking about Saul and David and the difference in their heart towards taking the promised land. So in this story, um, Samuel the prophet says to Saul, I need you to destroy Amalek. Now, I just want to give you a bit of background before we get into this scripture. Amalek was an enemy of Israel. And you might have, they, you just read about them all through the Old Testament. They just keep appearing and appearing and appearing. And Amalek was the nation who, when Israel just crossed the Red Sea, came out of the craziest time of their life. Amalek set an ambush and destroyed all the weak and the vulnerable and the people that were straggling at the end of the Red Sea journey. And when I pressed into this, I just felt I was just weeping with the heart of God of just like seeing his people who had already gone through crazy stuff come to the end of the Red Sea and then Amalek just smashed them. And maybe you feel like as we, as we read this passage in this story, maybe you've had experiences where you've just walked through something and then you just find that you get up and then and then the enemy comes and the Lord says, I see you. I see you, I see what Amalek did to Israel, and I have come to bring justice for my people. So, 1 Samuel 15, we'll do verse 1 to 3 says, Samuel told Saul, The Lord sent me to anoint you king over his people, Israel. Now listen and heed the words of the Lord. Thus says the Lord of hosts, I have considered and will punish what Amalek did to Israel. Just receive that. Even just receive that right now. I have seen what Amalek did to you. I will punish Amalek. Now he set himself against him in the way when Israel came, how he set himself against him when Israel came out of Egypt. Now go and smite Amalek and utterly destroy all they have. Do not spare them. But kill both man and woman, infant and suckling, ox and sheep, camel and donkey. That word utterly destroy literally means the Hebrew word is heharim, and it's used seven times in this account. And the idea was of complete, total judgment. It was do not leave a remnant. Do not leave a bit of soil. Do not leave anything. Why? It wasn't because he wanted to slaughter people. It was actually because he saw what Amalek had done to his people. And he said, I'm going to use you, Saul, man of war, to actually bring justice. What did Saul do? Let's go to verse 7. So Saul smote. Saul smote. The Amalekites from Havilah as far as Shur, which is east of Egypt. And he took Agag, who was the king of the Amalekites, alive, though he utterly destroyed all the rest of the people with the sword. Saul and the people spared Agag and the best of the sheep, oxen, fatlings, lamb, and all that was good, and would not utterly destroy them. But all that was undesirable or worthless they destroyed utterly. Can you just put up um, verse 10 after that? So, what did Saul do? He disobeyed the word of the Lord. The Lord said, I want you to utterly get rid of them. I want you to completely wipe them out. Why? Because they'll defile you. And most of the war in the Old Testament, when God says utterly destroy the enemy, it was actually so that there was no mixture in their worship. It was so there was no mixture in their worship so they wouldn't be worshipping Yahweh and other gods in their heart. And the Lord says, I need to get rid of it because it's actually going to defile you. But Saul did not get rid of the king and he did not obey the Lord. And then the word of the Lord came to Samuel, saying, I regret making Saul king, for he has turned back from following me and has not performed my commands. And Samuel was grieved and angry with Saul, and he cried to the Lord all night. Yeah, okay, yeah. So, can we skip to verse 10? So basically what happened was, it's just a long, it's a long passage, but basically the word of the Lord came to Samuel. Saul had not done it. He finishes the war and then do you know what he does? He sets up a monument for himself. He's like, I did an amazing job. This is so great. And Samuel the prophet, he literally comes to him. This is in verse um, 10. And the word of the Lord came to Samuel saying, this is my favourite verse, everyone wait for this again. Okay. Oh, sorry, 11, yeah, is that 11? 10. Uh, keep going. Yes. Okay, yep. So Samuel's like, I'm going to tell you what the Lord says about this. Ne- next verse. When you were small in your own sight, were you not made the head of tribes of Israel and the Lord anointed you king over Israel? Next verse. And the Lord sent you on a mission and said, Go utterly destroy the sinners, the Amalekites, and fight against them until they're consumed. Why then did you not obey the word of the Lord? Why did I not get rid of that soil? Why do we not obey the word of the Lord? This is a really really big deal. You did not obey the voice of the Lord, but swooped down under the plunder and did evil in the Lord's sight. Next verse. Saul said to Samuel, Yes, I've obeyed the voice of the Lord and I've gone the way the Lord sent me and I've done this and I've done that and I've destroyed the Amalekites. Next verse. But the people took the spoil, blaming someone else and the oxen and the chief of the things. And so he goes around and around in circles and blames someone else. And then Samuel says, hang on, that's not the verse I'm looking for. Can you go back to uh seven. Seven, eight I might have to read it in my Bible. Where is it? Okay, fourteen. Verse fourteen. Yes, thank you. Verse fourteen. This is this is the best verse. Okay, everyone, you with me? Yeah. So, so Saul's just set up an altar for himself, thinking he's amazing. And then Samuel comes and says, What then? This is a different version. Okay. What then is this bleating of the sheep in my ears and the lowing of the oxen which I hear? I have to tell you, can we just go back to that verse? I literally laughed for five minutes when I read this. I don't know if anyone else finds this funny. But but Samuel, like, Samuel's just like, what is this bleating of the sheep? Like, why? You're like, yeah, I did an amazing job. And Samuel's like, no, 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 I can still hear the sheep. I can still hear the oxen. You did not kill them. Okay, you didn't kill the sheep what is this bleating of the sheep in my ears? And I literally feel like so many of us, we're like, yeah, 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 I've done that. Yeah, I'm consecrated or, you know, I've let go of that. And then everyone around you is like, Mah. I did not even know, is that a sheep noise? <laughs> but it's like, can people hear sheep around you? Like, seriously, can people hear sheep around you? You know, we're like, Yes, Lord, we've done that. And people can, the prophet can still hear sheep around you. You haven't got rid of it. You haven't got rid of the ox. I just think that's probably one of the funniest verses. I just love it. And I love it because Samuel is so on point and he's so serious. But the Lord is serious about this. Can you hear sheep around your life? The things you are supposed to get rid of are still making noise. And so the consequence of Saul not getting rid of the Amalekites, not actually bringing justice for his people, was that God tore the kingdom from him. And then Samuel, poor Samuel, had to chop up King Agag. Chop him up, okay? Like I was chopping up my plants, okay? It was very full on. Okay, and and the Lord's like, you know, if you're not going to deal with your stuff, someone else is going to have to clean up your mess. Amen? Amen? If you're not going to do your own stuff, someone else will probably have to come. Christina, Rachel, Belinda, someone. And they have to chop up the things that you're not willing to chop up. Okay? Somebody say, chop it up. (laughs) Yeah. God had not forgotten. God had not forgotten that time that the Israelites came out of Egypt. And you know what's amazing is that the Lord said to me, you guys are a company of David. So we've been talking about Saul and David, Saul and David. I just want you to pull on this now because this is, there's a realm of David in this place. And even from this morning. And the Lord actually says, Saul did not destroy the things that I wanted him to destroy. He could have. He was a man of war. He had everything going for him, but he said no. But David, we see in 1 Samuel 30, chapters later, 15 chapters later, said after the Amalekites appeared again and destroyed them at Ziklag, David said, Lord, should I go after? Shall I pursue the Amalekites? Shall I pursue those people that are still lingering, those things that are still lingering, those things that are still lingering in our nation, in our communities, in our churches, in our lives? Shall we go after them? Because we carry a David spirit. And the difference between David and Saul Was that David said, Lord, I will go after the Amalekites. I will go after the things that are destroying my people. I will go after the things that have destroyed my life. I will not keep remnants of things that are destroying me. And David went after them and David recovered all. Amen. Can we just say amen? Thank you, Lord. We thank you, God. We just thank you, Lord. Even right now, there's just something on this. Lord, I thank you, God. We thank you, God, that you are raising up Davids in this house, Lord. You are raising up Davids in this house, God, who say, I will destroy the things that are destroying your people. I will not be afraid. And I will recover all, not just for my life, but the lives of your people, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. You know, Joshua 7.1 is the last scripture that I want to talk about before, before we just do um, some ministry with the Lord. Joshua 7.1 is a pretty, again, full-on story. If you can just put up verse 1. So what had happened in this story was Jericho, in verse 6, had just come down. Okay, it's been an epic battle. Jericho had just come down. They just defeated their enemies. And the Lord said to Joshua. Is that the right verse? I don't know if that's the right verse. The Lord said to Joshua. I'll just give you the back story. I want you to now go and take Ai, this next city. Okay, but do not take any of the banned things from Jericho, the things that we've just pulled down, the things that we've just destroyed. You can't take any of those things into the new city when you conquer it. The Lord said to, uh, hang on, what verse are we up to here? Four to six, can you just put up four to six? Joshua 7. Yeah. So what happened was Joshua was like, this is going to be such an easy battle. This is crazy. This is crazy. Wait till you see this. This was meant to be like a done deal. Joshua just goes, I'm just going to send 3,000. It's going to be such an easy battle. So he sent 3,000 up to Ai. But because one man had kept banned items from Jericho, the banned items and hid them under his bed, okay, hid them in his heart, This was the consequence. So so about 3,000 Israelites went up to there, but they fled before the men of Ai. Next verse. And the men of Ai killed about 36 of them, the Israelites, for they chased them from before the gate as far as Shebram and slew them at the descent. And the hearts of the people melted and became as water. I'll stop there. The hearts of the people melted so the people got so discouraged because they lost a battle that they should have won. They should have won that battle. But because there was a cursed object, there was remnants of the old city they destroyed among them, it actually brought a curse on them and they couldn't defeat the enemy. Can you go to um, verse 10? Verse 10. Joshua cried out to the Lord and the Lord said to Joshua, why do you lie down in your face crying out for these people? Israel has sinned. They have transgressed my covenant, which I commanded them. And they have taken some of the things devoted for destruction. They have stolen and lied and put them among their own baggage. This is why, everyone say, this is why. This is why Actually, everyone just read this verse with me. This is why the Israelites could not stand before their enemies, but fled before them. They are accursed and have become devoted for destruction. I will cease to be with you unless you destroy the accursed, devoted things among you. Sorry, that's a slightly different translation to what I had. But basically, the Lord was saying. You could not stand before your enemies because you actually had stuff, you know, courts of heaven, legal. Everything's legal in the spirit. There's some stuff that people are still holding on to, even little bit of soil that's actually bringing a curse and that's why you're not winning that battle. And not only that, but if you look at this story, it was one man that affected the whole army. Isn't that interesting? So when one man had cursed objects or things within his possession or just things in his heart that actually hadn't been dealt with, it actually affected the whole army. And the Lord said, we're not just thinking about our own personal lives. We're thinking about the body. We're thinking about the mandate that we have for this season, the ox anointing, the David anointing. We actually can't move forward unless we fully get rid of all that stuff because it's going to affect the rest of the army. The soil that I keep is going to affect everyone else because it means I can't fully manifest and step into the promises of God. Amen. So the soil that you're keeping, that thing that's still in your heart, is actually going to affect other people because you're not going to be able to fully step into what you are called to step into. Is everyone feeling this? Is everyone understanding? Yeah. Yeah, and remember joy is on the other side and I wouldn't tell you that if it wasn't true he's so good he's so 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 good just open your hearts to him now Michael, can you just turn the pads up a little bit? Just turn them up a little bit. We're just going to start worshipping just in our hearts towards the Lord. If you know that He is being good to you, just start inclining your heart to Him. Just start inclining your heart to Him because joy is on the other side. We have crossed over into an incredible season, maybe one of the most incredible seasons to date. And in the season of no mixture, there is no disappointment. And this is what the Lord wants me to minister on because He showed me the story of the woman at the well. In John 5, the woman at the well was a Samaritan and she actually represented mixture. She represented two, the Jews um, and the Samaritans coming together. like It was just mixture, mixture of worship, mixture of ideas, mixture of how we're to live. And not only that, but she had five husbands. And the five husbands represent the things that we're married to in the Spirit, the things that we actually have attached to us in the Spirit that are stopping us from receiving joy, that are stopping us from actually receiving true fulfilment and the seeds produced in our land. But Jesus comes to her. Jesus comes to her. Jesus comes to her at the well. Why does He come to her at the well? Because He is the pure living water of life. And in Him, there is no mixture. There is no disappointment. And the Lord said, I want to minister to people who have felt disappointed. Because I know what that's felt like before. And the Lord says, I'm ministering to disappointment. Because mixture is disappointment. Mixture is you have to keep coming back again and again to that thing in your heart, to that relationship, to that to that um, you know that assignment or that business or things that you're still holding on to that the Lord says let it go, and you're going back to it and it's disappointing you. And Jesus says, I am the living water. I am the well that will never run dry. I am no disappointment. I am what you have been looking for. So even right now, just start coming to the Lord and just saying, Lord, is there any other spiritual rings that I'm wearing, spiritual covenants, like marriage rings? I'm seeing marriage rings in the spirit where your heart's actually married to something else. It could be married to a season." It could be married to a season, the good old days. It could be married to a person or a relationship that didn't work out. It could be married to unforgiveness. It could be married to disappointment. It could be married to grief. And the Lord says, Will you take off that ring and be married to Me? Will you receive Me in no mixture? Will you let go of any remnant of old soil from your old season that you cannot take into your new house? Yeah, just incline your hearts to the Lord. Just incline. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Spirit, for just ministering right now to people's hearts. There's such a deep well here. Just ministering to people's hearts, Jesus. I heard a very specific word and it was vision casting. And I just heard that and the Lord said, there's someone in here, you've been vision casting, but the Lord says, I am your vision. I am your vision. And you've been casting, but it hasn't quite been with me. Hasn't quite been with me the way I want you to vision cast. So Lord, we just thank you right now for for a new vision casting over these people, God. I thank you for a new vision casting, which is Jesus. 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 If you are ready to let go of that soil there is joy waiting on the other side there is fruitfulness waiting on the other side one vineyard one garment one love one pure water I'm just going to get everyone to stand up now even if so whatever the Lord's been speaking if everyone can just stand up just want to engage our spirits in this we're just going to pray we're going to engage our spirits in this and if the Lord has been speaking to you about anything just just put your hands out and just receive I just see that many many people are going to let go of old soil from old season. So I'm going to lead, lead us in a prayer. And if that's you, I, I mean, everyone can pray, to be honest. We, we all need, we need the pure water of Jesus. We need no mixture moving into this season. But if you want to say this and you want to take hold of this treasure of just pureness, of just one, just one God, one love, one vision, one focus, You can just repeat after me, Jesus, I thank you that you are here and you have come to me like the woman at the well. I choose today to receive your pure water which has no mixture. Lord, I choose to let go Of any old soil from my old season. And whatever that is, just tell the Lord now. It's going to be different for everyone. Just talk to Him right now. Just tell Him, just say, I let go of this. It's relationships for some people, it's dreams, it's things that are old, it's unbelief, it's hope deferred, it's disappointment. It's expectations of others. Just speak to Him and just say, Lord, I let it go. And just imagine bagging up that soil right now, actually bagging it up just like I did and throwing it away. And just start to feel the freedom and start to ask the Lord, what's the exchange, God? What's the exchange for when I let this go? What's the exchange? What are you giving me in exchange, God? And just wait on Him, just He's going to show you something. Holy Spirit, just show your people a vision of fruitfulness right now. The Lord is ministering. The Lord is ministering to people right now. The Lord is touching hearts very deeply. It's a deep deep time where the Lord is going deep and saying, you haven't won that battle because you still have that thing in your life. You haven't won that battle. It was supposed to be an easy battle. It was supposed to be an easy victory. But the Lord says, I see what the enemies have done to my people. Destroy the things that are destroying you. Holy Spirit, thank you for ministering right now, God. Thank you for ministering. I see the Lord giving people new garments and He's actually giving people new hats. There are new hats being handed out in the Spirit. Just receive that is for you. There's new hats, there's new assignments and callings and mandates and new clothing, new clean clothing for the new era. And many people will throw out their clothes. Many people will throw out old garments. Whoa. And just receive the new garment right now. Just receive it. Receive the new hat, receive the new clothes. Just receive it. And I saw for someone, um, the Lord say, I want you to write down, like in a journal, I saw a book, I want you to write down every story of my faithfulness. Like It's like the chronicles of like the Old Testament and all the battles that the Lord has won for you. This is actually going to be a strategy. You're going to start writing down, like chronicling all the battles that the Lord has brought you through. And you're never going to want to turn back to that season. Like you're never going to want to turn back to the old ways because you've seen how far He's brought you into the new season. So if that's you, just receive it. So we're just going to end with a corporate prayer of crossing over. It's 444. Thank you, Lord. Open doors. Father, we just, so you can just repeat after me because I really feel like we're going to corporately cross over. We've already crossed over, but we're actually letting, we're moving and we're moving. We're moving and we're moving. We're crossing over and we're crossing over in the Spirit. Amen. Yeah so jesus we agree with your destiny over us individually and as a church as a state as a nation and right now in the spirit you might just want to take a little step forward like a physical step forward because lord we thank you we've crossed over right now in the spirit So you can just repeat after me. Right now in the Spirit, I choose to cross over and let go of anything you are telling me to let go of. So just do it now with the Lord, whatever you want, just a step or a movement or something that's actually going to say to the Lord, I'm doing this today. I'm stepping into, I'm crossing over. I'm not going back. Thank you, Lord. Lord, I thank you as we finish today for the mighty army that is here God I bless every person Lord I thank you for the David's army that's here I thank you for the Davids that you are raising up today God I thank you for the Davids that will go and recover all everyone say I will recover all Thank you, God. I just bless this mighty army, God. I thank you for power and the ox anointing and the spirit of might and the spirit of David to rest over us this week, God, that we would go out pure, getting rid of all mixture in our life, God, and that we would see the glory of God in this house as we become so pure, God, that the nations will stream to us for the pure water, just like the muscles, God, are pumping out. We thank you, Lord, for pure rivers of living water in this house, God. We thank you, God, for everything you've done today. We thank you, God. Jesus.